with me, Sadia Usmani, and the time is 2.07. And I played that track because now let me welcome Cruz McCallaghan onto the programme. And she's here for her weekly audio column. And today her subject is Bubbles. Good afternoon to you, Cruz. Hello, Sadia. What a miserable day it is, unfortunately. <laughs> and I can hear the rain in the background, yes? Yes, that's the one. Okay, good. Now, I assume now, um, Cruz, that the link here is your children, who are obviously enjoy bubbles, yeah? Yeah? Or yes, just you washing yes. the dishes and being aware of the bubbles, right? Okay. <laughs> I think it's a combination of okay. all the things, really. Um, and I also think it's the fact that um, I know I've talked about Lego on the show before. I've talked about crayons. I've talked about things that, like Play-Doh. Mm. Actually, I don't know if I have talked about Play-Doh. I should talk about Play-Doh. Anyway, mm. the point is, we, we, there's things that we... It doesn't really matter how seriously we take ourselves, but these things will make us want to get involved, right? And I feel like bubbles are one of them. You know when you see yes. someone with one of those long bubble ones? Yes. That they can make a really big bubble. And you go, oh, I, I want to do that. And you do. And then someone has to fight you for it to well, give it to them. it's easy when you've got children around you, you can do it. I mean, I can't yeah. really kind of grab the stick off another kid and say, I want to do that. I wouldn't recommend that. No, no I really wouldn't. I don't think um, so. but, but I think that's the thing. Is, is There's just this fun, playful thing. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, I wonder how long long we've done this we've had bubbles you know mm, um mm. and okay firstly i wanted to think about the science of a bubble and how bubbles form well so this is kind of interesting mm-hmm. and some of this i had never thought about but okay so a bubble is basically an extremely thin film of soapy water enclosing air that forms a hollow sphere with an iridescent surface okay so, that's that's what we're talking about when we sounds say quite complicated bubble, right, right? Okay, yeah yeah, yeah. Now, the surface of water is made up of hundreds of water molecules that stick tightly together to each other because of intermolecular forces and something called surface tension, which we all know. We've all heard that word, Mm -hmm, right? We've heard mm -hmm. surface tension. Mm -hmm. This helps the water molecules to retain their shape and stay closely knitted to one another. But in the same way, like if you put soap on the floor, the floor becomes slippery. When you add soap to the water molecules, it reduces the surface tension of the water molecules and their tight grasp that they have on each other allows them to cling to one another becomes slippery too. And this allows the surface to stretch into a bubble, which is formed when, you know, air gets into it. So when you're blowing a bubble, for example, you're able to stretch it because you've, you've compromised the surface tension of the water molecules, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why are they round? Because um, this is really, and I was like thinking about this because I was like, I swear I've seen the video from Japan of a square square bubble. I haven't. (laughs) I don't know if I have, but I was imagining it. But um, just like um, balloons, bubbles are round because they they are minimal surface structures. What that means is that bubbles hold the air enclosed inside them in the least possible surface area that they can. And of all the geometric shapes, cubes, pyramids, etc., the one with the least surface area is a round sphere. Mm. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, Mm. Mm. that makes sense. And so why do they pop? Well, bubbles pop when the water in the bubble evaporates. But this is an interesting little secret trick. If you want stronger bubbles, you can try adding glycerin into the bubble solution. And it will strengthen the bubble by keeping the water from evaporating quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that must be how those people do it, like, you know, like street performers. You have those Mm. huge 
huge bubbles that you're like, how are you doing this from the little bucket? (laughs) You know, um, I know. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. So and then I wanted to look a little bit more at like um, kind of the history of bubbles as well. And I was like, how long have we actually been blowing bubbles? I was like, I guess it's like because some of them are accidental, right? Like if you're doing the dishes, create a lot of bubbles. Mm. You know, and you're thinking, you know, you squeeze a sponge and it's covered in bubbles and they may not drift away and float away, but they, they're there. And I was like, we've had soap for quite a long time. So I wonder how long this has happened. But um, we do have a lot of uh, kind of records of the history of bubble blowing. Um, they're actually, bubble blowers are actually among the oldest and most popular of children's toys. And today, apparently, bubble solution is one of the best-selling toys in the world. Oh. So that even, you know, even when families had very little money for toys, they could f- find like a piece of wire to twist into a circle and a little bit of soap and you could blow bubbles. Mm. You know, it's a pretty simple mm. concept, mm. right? Mm. Um, and we do have this sort of uh, thing where we look back at ancient times and um, apparently we can even look at the earliest depiction in artwork of blowing bubbles was seen on an Etruscan vase in the Louvre in Paris. So it's very, very old. Um, there's even a 17th century Flemish painters who show children blowing bubbles with clay pipes. And apparently generations of um, 18th and 19th century mothers used to give their children leftover washing soap to blow bubbles. Um, And it was actually at the beginning of the 20th century that street peddlers and um, were the first to sell bubbles as a toy, which is actually genius because, you know, they're obviously this wonderful thing that people love to do. Um, And then there was a chemical company in the 1940s which sold cleaning supplies and it tried to bottle bubble solution. And then, um, so that became something else. And then during the 60s, and I never really thought about this, probably because I wasn't around, but <laughs> bubbles became a symbol of peace and harmony and that kind of like oh, flower, the, the power, flower power yes, of blowing of course, bubbles. Yes. And I was thinking, I was like, well, they're quite a peaceful thing, really, yeah, aren't they? Like yeah. nobody's, it's very hard to have an aggressive bubble. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, but also it did remind me that one thing I have come across um, as a parent is a technique for trying to like, calm children down is especially children who maybe through lots of different for lots of different reasons have quite a hard time with like emotional regulation like beyond just being children being children Mm, mm. and um one recommendation they have is is try and get a child to blow some bubbles because just the act a it's impossible to not want to blow bubbles if you're a child, if you go, hey, 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 do you want to come over it's here? It's impossible and as bubbles? an adult will. to get the child. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But actually the process of controlling your breath to blow that bubble um, is very, is really, really good for your breathing and would just lower your heart rate, calm you down. It's, it's the perfect kind of breathing to relax. Mm. Mm. So that's always a trick I've always told friends who are like, oh, they're just going, you know, I'm like, I've done it too with my girls before. I've been like, hey, why don't we come over here and blow some bubbles and maybe not scream at everybody. <laughs> might be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite interesting. So we have all these different um, things that have happened. Now, of course, um, we have, uh, it's amazing to see, and I looked at a lot of these photos online of like vintage bubble sets. So these were really popular in like the 1940s. They'd be like brightly decorated boxes mm. and they'd include a bar of soap, a dish for the soapy water and a bubble pipe or two, like this cute little, I can imagine, you know, you could see it. It'd just be so lovely. Mm. And then um, there were all these different kinds of things that people could, could have to blow bubbles, um, which is quite amazing. 
But um, can, apparently collecting bubble blowers is fairly uncommon. And I think that's probably because when I've found, when I've come across like a rogue bubble blower, it's pretty useless if you don't have the bubble solution, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're just like, I don't know. I don't need this little plastic stick. You know, <laughs> I, need, I need the other things. Um, but it is really interesting that they do go back um, such a long way and that we have all these artistic depictions of children playing with bubbles um, and the kind of uh, symbolism they have. They, like I said, it's really hard to have angry, aggressive bubble blowing. Mm. You know, it's a very calming actually. effect, isn't it? It's a very it? calming yeah. effect because yeah. you can't actually blow a bubble if you blow too hard. It doesn't work. And um, one of the things they say, which is interesting about bubbles in terms of children's development as well, is that they're a really early form of science experiment. Mm, mm. You know, like you have to know, like, what happens when you're trying to blow a bubble? Well, you learn very quickly as a child that going <laughs> and blowing like that, you're not going to, it doesn't work. You have to learn to control your breath. You have to, you know, that maybe, um, that maybe, certain types of breathing versus other types of breathing will create different kinds of bubbles. Um, it's, it's quite fascinating in that way, like why it, why it works. It's kind of an experimental thing, which is what I think is quite interesting and adorable for kids, is that we don't think about this. But then I do remember in Hong Kong being a child and going to the science museum, and they had big things of bubbles. I don't know if they still have them. I don't remember seeing them last time I was there but these big rings and you could make these really big bubbles and you did, you had to really slow yourself down and think about it and you couldn't do it in an angle and you had to be slow and, and deliberate to try and, to try and make it work. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept, um, a bubble. Um, and obviously they're pretty safe for most, most people. You're not going to... As long as they're not popping your eyes because I suppose some of them are, are a little bit sort of with the liquid in them and they've got soap in them because that's what I found sometimes that little kids sometimes, you know, yes, they blow it and true. it comes flying back and it pops in their eye or something and then they get this sort of stinging stuff. So I suppose that's the only hazard. I can't think of any other hazards, frankly. Yes, that's true. But then, um, it, but this is what, what I was saying before about it being like a science mm. is um, there's... There, there really is a science, but there was, um, it's adorable to think people thought of this. So I wonder if anyone's actually ever really looked into the science of blowing bubbles. Um, so there were some scientists who decided to do so. So they had a, a study and to try and determine that it was the thickness, it's not the thickness of the soapy film that matters, but the speed of the blowing gust of air. Oh. Now this was actually from a study. So what happened um, is this, um, you know, the, one of the co-authors of the study at um, a physicist, actually, who was at the University of Rennes in France, um, they re firstly, they realized that they looked through centuries of studies to on, for ones on the physics of bubble blowing, and they couldn't find any. So people had been blowing bubbles for ages, but they'd never really thought about why they could or how they could. So the team built a device that's like um, the cousin to the bubble wand. So it pumps a controlled even layer of bubble liquid over an opening that is roughly one meter or a yard high and its width was adjustable and then the scientists peppered their device with pressured pressurized jets of air mm -hmm. and the quick gusts of air pushed out bubbles right mm -hmm. so but slow moving jets only dimpled the film it didn't have the same effect so it was like so 
to explain this, for those of us who are not mathematically minded, which is me, very much raising my hand, they, they came up with a set of mathematical expressions, which were equations, and they predicted this minimum speed cutoff under different conditions. So the equation needed to find the speed can vary. Uh, this, the equation uh, needed to find how the speed can vary. So for example, when the gas nozzle is placed right against the bubble layer, it wouldn't quite work. And it's different when the gust is wider than the film itself. So if you had like a wind blowing into it, it might not work either. Mm. And they, there were several things determined how fast a gas jet had to travel to make a bubble. It's quite and this is what the scale, so, yes. Oh, it's, it's absolutely yeah. remarkable. And the researchers blew bubbles of increasing size. They started with tubes smaller than a millimeter and went up to wind tunnels as big as 20 centimeters. Oh, and... It's quite amazing. And then they published it in a very respected journal of physics. Um, and the, But the thing is, the people really loved it. And I think it was just like one of those beautiful things that it was a beautiful illustration of pr principles of physics in action. Um, you know, so there was people in fluid mechanics and things like that who were like, oh, yes, it's good we have this study because it's kind of one of the basics. You know, like we might be hmm. doing some pretty incredible particle accelerations, but let's <laughs> go back and look at how we make a bubble. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was quite adorable, to be completely honest, Sadia. I thought mm. that was really, really lovely. Yeah, it's nice to devote the time to something like that because, you know, people can just go, well, there's no point going to bubbles. What are we going to get out of it? So it's mm. really where the research goes after this, really. Who knows? It might be used for other things as well. Yeah, you'd think so. And I think it's also one of those things that, um, again, it reminds me of, like, Oh, missed opportunities for children to develop interest in science and mathematics mm. and engineering, you know? I mean, yeah. like, I, I, I never really was particularly scientifically minded as a child. I was very creative, but I, I used to get very intimidated by things like physics and maths. And sometimes I think if I, only things had been illustrated to me in a certain way, I might have had a real interest in those yeah, things because I've definitely true. developed it later. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so something like just being able to talk to children about, well, maybe not three-year-olds um, or one-year-olds about, did you know that this is because it has the most minimum surface tension? <laughs> um, but, um, but interestingly, um, they are pretty fascinating. Also, when we talk about um, the, like, the different things that bubbles do, like, for example, when, um, when two bubbles meet, I don't know if you ever have oh, any they memory. join together. Yes, yes, they join together. Yes. Um, oh, it's sweet. like two old friends. Um, <laughs> and um, so they're not hugging, really. Um, the, bubble, the bubbles share their volume with each other. So to form the least possible surface area, the two bubbles will join together. Or if they are different sizes, they'll even merge to form a bigger bubble. So that's kind of what happens when bubbles meet each other. And what would happen to a bubble in space? This is an interesting concept, right? So oh. imagine you're an astronaut in space and somehow you're able to blow a bubble on the surface of the moon. Um, now, um, science has actually proved that bubbles cannot form in space due to the lack of air pressure needed to blow a bubble because there are no air molecules for you to blow from your mouth to create the bubble. There would be nothing to make the bubble itself. However... In a pressured, pressurized spacecraft, since there's oxygen present, a bubble can be blown normally as if on Earth. So you can still blow a bubble as an astronaut. You just can't do so outside of the spaceship, mm. um, which is quite interesting. I've never frozen a bubble. Have you ever frozen a bubble or oh been gosh. somewhere you've been able to freeze a bubble? I, I don't think a bubble could freeze. Um, I mean, the thing is, if you bung a bubble in the freezer, um, let me see. 
There might be bubbles that form in some things, but um, no, I haven't frozen an actual bubble as such, no. But that would be really oh. nice. Yeah, well, apparently you can freeze a bubble because they're made out of water, mm. but um, they, they'll, they'll freeze when exposed to temperatures below 30 degrees Fahrenheit. It has to be pretty instant then, yes, hasn't it? it does. The, the temperature would need to fall extremely quickly to freeze the bubble before it pops. <laughs> so I think that's quite interesting. Um, apparently animals love bubbles too. And I was thinking about oh, this. Yeah, like you yeah. do, you see animals with... Playing with them. Yes, you do. So, um, you know, animals make use of them. Like, for example, several breeds of fish um, create bubble nests to house their eggs until they hatch into tiny baby fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they have this uh, amazing way of making these bubble nests. Um, another animal that makes good use of bubbles is a snapping shrimp, because unlike the um, the fish, the fighter fish, which is the name of the fish that makes bubble ne- nests, um, a snapping shrimp uses bubbles to catch prey. It has a powerful specialized snapping claw, which it clamps shut with such force it creates a cavitation bubble. And the cavitation bubble, as it spreads out from the claw, can reach up to speeds of up to 60 miles an hour, and release a sound of up to 218 oh, decibels. That's insane. Um, so this pressure of the bubble's release, which is so loud it's called a pistol shot, it stuns small fish, which the shrimp can then grab into its burrow and eat. So, like that, okay, maybe I'm, I was wrong, Claudia. There is a violent bubble. Yes. There is a violent bubble. Um, and it's the loudest animal in the sea, the snapping shrimp, for creating that bubble, which is pretty amazing. Um, in terms of... Uh, like I always think about those giant bubbles that you get, like I said, at the science museum or you see street performers with them creating those huge bubbles. And now I realize that they've added a bit of glycerin into the mix. I'm like, ah, okay. It's like revealing the magician's secrets a bit, right? Mm. Um, but apparently the record for the most people inside a single bubble isn't as many as I thought it would be. It's 19. In, in a single bubble? In a single bubble. Okay. Okay, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just I've got really high expectations for bubble making at this point. <laughs> but um, in in 2007, um, Sam Heath, who is known as Sam the Bubble Man, okay. which is very creative, um, he made he set a Guinness World Record when he enclosed 19 people inside wow. a single giant bubble in Surrey in the UK. You expected more, did you then? I did. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like you could do like the science is there. We know now, you know. Um, but it is interesting to think about that, like how we have bubbles in so many parts of our lives. I'm not going to talk about bubble gum today because I think that's a little bit different. But yeah. even when you're cooking and that kind of simmering or something bubbling on the stove. Yes. And yes. how it makes us feel to see something gently bubbling or a bubble bath. Yeah. Um, what that looks like. That's nice. That's yes, good. A, a nice frothy bubble Kids bath. Kids love that. Mm. They do. Yep. Um, I don't fit in the bath at my my home in Hong Kong, but I would love a nice bubble bath one day. Um, also, I did find that there was like some real, um, some bit of sweetness as well when mm-hmm. I was doing some research on bubbles. Um, there was a photo uh, from some children in an internment camp mm-hmm. um, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. They oh, were Japanese Americans who were yeah. sent to an internment camp. Um, and some of them, and the conditions were really unkind oh. and harsh and awful. But there was some images that came out where um, there were some children who were blowing bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's quite a, an amazing kind of idea that there was just this little bit of hope and yeah, happiness yeah. that they, they found this way to um, 
to to find that little it's bit of joy that a child just having right. yeah just to have a bit of um just to blow some bubbles together mm. um that it can sort of be kind of that universal experience of hopefulness and fun and frivolity that we all need as a bit of um escapism now mm. and again mm. um i have a few quotes mm-hmm. we can end on today Sadia. Yeah, sure. the first one is um guess if you t- you can tell me which um which play this comes from uh, double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Well, oh, no, I can see the witches and I can see the witches around there. <laughs> okay. That's oh, that's, right. a, that's a famous one. I can't remember it now. Macbeth. No. Yes, of course. Right. The three witches from yes, Macbeth. Yes, I could see um, the witches, just couldn't get the name. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's just, it's very, it's very kind of famous. I think it's also just the word bubble yeah. is so um, playful and fun to say. You know, it would just be, um, I can either imagine someone who is, you know, just if you had a nickname for someone called Bubble, you'd hope they were quite a gentle human being. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the author, Adam Lindsay Gordon, said, life is mostly froth and bubble, which I thought was adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adora Svitak said, um, enthusiasm just creates bubbles. It doesn't keep them from popping. Oh, that's nice. Well, I suppose the whole thing of bubbles is also... The thing of thought, isn't it? That sudden, mm. so when you put pen to paper, you always draw a little bubble with people's thoughts in their minds, and I suppose bubbles come into their their own like that on the paper. Oh, that's so true. Mm. And also think about, I mean, um, obviously uh, Peter Lewis would hate us stepping on his toes because I know nothing about this. But things like property bubbles, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yeah. like the bubbles bursting. We have a we use bubble as a metaphor yeah. for so oh. many different things. <laughs> or living in a um, bubble. Living in a bubble, absolutely, in your little bubble. Yeah. But I think the reality is it will probably pop, won't it? So. <coughs> Sorry, a little anyway. bit tickled in my throat. Um, You've got a bubble in your throat. No, it sounds, it sounds really great. And I didn't realize, but I do think that it is, it is without a doubt, you can just do that at home. If you've got kids in the house, you can improvise and find a little thing that you can blow bubbles out of, whether it's a straw or whatever. But, I mean, I've done that a lot with my children when they were young. Yes. Yes, I think it's just, yeah, I find them really, yeah, I think that this is really hopeful, lovely thing. And I was reminded the other day when I docked up on some bubble liquid for my kids and I was like secretly not admitting that it was as much for myself as it was for them. <laughs> but the normal kind of detergent works, isn't it? You can just oh, use normal that. detergent and stuff. Yep, but I can't absolutely. imagine it happening so well with soap. Like you mentioned some of the old ones where they use yep. bars of soap, but that would take an awful long time to generate some bubbles, I think. Yes, I think so too. Well, we're very devoted children back in the day, Brilliant. I suppose. Thank you so much, Cruz. A bubble will never be the same again now after you've told mm. me all of that. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem, Sadia. See you next week. Okay, bye. bye-bye.